Well, I guess you've all seen my sermon title this morning. It is How to Have Devotions. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure that there is a wrong way to have devotions. I don't think there's a wrong way that you can read the... Well, I guess there is a wrong way that you can read the Bible if you you know, look for what you want to find and make Scripture, try to make Scripture say something that it's not. But for the sincere seeker... There is no way that you can have devotions, that you can spend time in the Bible, spend time with God uh, the wrong way. But I do believe there are some, um, as we grow in our experience with God, as we grow in our, our daily devotional life, that, that we can learn better ways to uh, have devotions that, that uh, feeds us more, that helps us more and and to some extent it's it's different for some individuals but but that's what we're going to be talking about today we're going to talk about um our devotional lives and and what it means for our life not only our eternal lives but our lives here and now so if you will bow your heads with me for another word of prayer and we're going to uh before we get started Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you once again uh, for this opportunity to be here. We thank you, Lord, that, that you are such a loving God and, and uh, you want uh, to get to know us uh, just even more than, than uh, we want to know you. And, and we just ask that you would uh, reveal to us today, uh, um, speak to us in, in a way that, that will inspire us to want to spend more time with you inspire us to uh, uh, get more out of our daily devotional lives or or inspire us to have a daily devotional life. Uh, we thank you and we praise you. Be with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Now, <clears throat> back a couple of years ago, I'm not sure how long ago it was, but a couple of years ago I read a, a really good book. It was uh, kind of a... Uh, study guide some of you have seen this i know marion and jim don't have never seen this book before right biblical prescriptions for uh for life uh dr dr markham marion jim's son came and and shared this with us and did a really good program and and i was thankful to be able to go through this book really good book and and one thing that this book definitely changed about our life was how much water we drank. I mean, that, it, it, it changed more than that, but as far as the biggest thing it really changed was, was how much water we drank. And, and uh, one of the, uh, the stories that he tells in this book is about this guy named Mark. And I'm, I'm sh- if I get something wrong about this story, tell me. But Mark was uh, an athlete. He enjoyed riding his bike long distances. Reminds me of Tanya. She wants to go ride her bike a long distance. So um, one day he was riding his, uh, getting ready for a bike ride on a Sunday, and and uh, he had realized that he'd forgot to pack his water bottles with him, and he was already riding. So he said, "Eh, I'll be all right." He kept on riding. He was going on an eighty-mile bike ride. Okay, and and as it's getting hotter. Um, there's no houses around to stop and get any water. It's 
bike chain messes up he's got to stop and fix that takes a little while to get it going and then then he uh, uh continues on and and before you know it um he's getting sick he's uh, on the side of the road throwing up hypothermic and luckily a uh, good samaritan pulls in uh over and sees a cyclist on the side of the road throwing up and calls the ambulance and um Dehydration causes a lot of problems. Um, vomiting um, causes your your joints to hurt. It causes uh, your eyes to sink in. It causes um, uh, dry skin. It causes all uh, all these different symptoms. Now, if you first come up to somebody and you see them vomiting, is is the the first thought you're going to have, well, this person needs to drink some water. No. Well, most likely not. Um, but, in fact, all this man needed was some water. And um, this book makes a connection of how our bodies need water is how our spiritual life needs God, how how we need God in our life, and how we need um, uh, a connection with God through the Scriptures. So, just as just as you wouldn't you wouldn't always think that that when someone's vomiting or 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 someone's got joint pain or something like that, you wouldn't always think that their their need is is water when. Oh, I have a hard time explaining things sometimes. Um, Jeremiah seventeen seven and eight says, "Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and does not fear when he comes, but its leaves are green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease yielding fruit." Now, now here is the Bible. Uh, this. Uh, Dr. Markham's book actually encourages you to memorize scripture. I memorized that one uh, through doing the uh, the study guide here. Um, but it, the Bible also making the connection of our spiritual life needing water, needing God's word like our bodies need water or like a tree needs water, life-giving water. Now, spending time in devotions is not only important, like I already said, it's not only important for our future eternal life, it's important for life going on now. It's important for the problems, the issues that we have going on now. We have stress, we have anxiety, we have marriage problems, we have financial problems, we have all of these problems, and the source of those problems is, most of the time, a lack of our connection with God. In Scripture, and that's not always the case, but most times, it's it is the case that these issues that we go through right now, we're going through because of our lack of connection. Now, um, talking about someone going through through trials and going through um, troubles and, and and being like a tree planted by waters being green when when uh, 
uh, troubles are coming. Um, did did Job did did he did he have problems with his faith when he went through the the trials? Did his faith ever waver? No, his faith never wavered. Why was it that his faith never wavered when he was going through all those things? Why was it? Job twenty three twelve. I have not depart, departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. That is why Job was able to flourish like a tree planted by the waters because he cherished the word of God more than he cherished his necessary food. Now, uh, uh, Natalia shared a, our scripture reading for us this morning from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And uh, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, I like that the, the verse in Psalms. Is it in Psalms where it says, um, The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? But Hebrews says, the Bible can know it. The Bible can can discern the thoughts and intents of our heart. Now, to some people that can be that can be a little scary. That's exactly right. They they really they don't want to they don't want to be shown the, the true thoughts and intents. They don't want it on display to anyone else. They don't want it on display to themselves either. <laughs> that's why that's why so many people I think are are um you know people play video games to just to just uh like to get zoned out to not think about what's going on in life to get away is life so long that you just want to waste, you just want to get away from life uh, and play video games. And I, I, I cannot talk enough about how I hate video games. They're the biggest waste of time that's ever been created. I cannot stand to see a young child playing video games when this is the time of their life when they have so much time to absorb when they can learn so much when they can make a decisions to do something with their lives and to when they have time to 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 make their future life better but they're playing video games or or watching some kind of comedy on tv or something something that's not going to help their future life at all So life is not too long. Life is not so long that you want to just time, that you should want to just time out, just get away from life and just not think about anything, just think about a video game or or whatever. Um, We have these problems like gossiping, lying, maybe looking at a pornographic website, or whatever. That's those things are not the problem. The lying, the gossiping, the, the stealing, the all that stuff is not the problem. 
our connection with Jesus is the problem. That's what the problem is. I, I like this quote. It comes from our, our, our uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the book Education. It says, The creative energy that called the worlds into existence is in the Word of God. Can you imagine that? The creative power that made this earth and brought life into existence are in these pages. It's here. You know, it takes just as much creative power to change the heart of a human being as it does to create the universe. The same creative power. Now, we cannot, we cannot live, uh, just like I was talking about before, all these problems, marriage problems, financial problems, all these problems, uh, we cannot live anymore without a connection with God in this life then we can live without water in this life. Now, what about, what about time? Nobody has time. We have all these time-saving devices that, that are, are supposed to make our lives better. Uh, we got dishwashers. We got washing machines. There are no more scrubbing on the, what's that called? Washboard. There's no more scrubbing on the washboard. Um, there's, uh, automatic can openers, there's microwaves, there's ovens that you can set in two different temperatures. There's all this, all this, uh, time saving stuff that we have. And yet it seems like we don't have time to do anything still yet with all this stuff. You know, I don't, when I go cut wood, I don't get an ax. I get a chainsaw. I can get it done with a chainsaw. But still, there's no time. But I bet you that at least some of you here have spent at least a few minutes last week on Facebook. Maybe some of you have been on Facebook for hours. Mary and Jim haven't. But, you, you know... Um, there, there's I I have I have Facebook. You know, I enjoy getting on there and looking at pictures occasionally, and and I can I can do a lot of different things with my with my uh, uh, smartphone and, and uh, Facebook Facebook being one of them. But uh, time is is what we what we make of it. We we have to make time. We make time for the things that are important to us and the things that we make time for define who we are as a person and i believe that um we can make time even even in just as few as 15 to 20 minutes a day spending time with god will actually make a huge difference in our lives. But we have to make that time. Um, 
So I want to go over uh, a few principles that that uh, I have learned of uh, some of them here recently that that will help in maybe your devotional life or maybe you can share with somebody else that will help them in their devotional life. But one of them being um, early in the morning is is really the best time to have devotional times. Now, if you're on some kind of shift shift differential or something like that, um, you know, then it's not always for all people. But in most cases, uh, early early in the morning, and um, it is it's my suggestion. I've heard Brother Jim talk about this too. It's my suggestion that you probably get something other than your smartphone to read. On your for your Bible because you know we've all the time, especially those of us with Facebook, we've got dings and we've got vibrates and we've got all these notifications coming from all these different places. You know, um, smartphones. There studies are actually showing that uh, smartphones are actually making people dumb. Smartphone dumb person. So um, at night. Does anybody see? I don't even have service at my house, but I have Wi-Fi, so I still need to turn. I don't turn mine off at night, but it's uh, it, it stays on the counter. If it, if it's maybe your alarm clock or something, I guess you'd have to have it on. But anyway, getting a paper Bible, getting something that's not going to distract you, and, and it's not the fact that that there's too much. It's kind of is the fact that it's too much. There's there's so many options on here that you can do. There's uh, there's Facebook, there's emails, there's all these different things that you can use this smartphone for, and you just get overwhelmed with the options, and you just don't know what to do with them. I am totally like that, totally like that. Um, so get a Bible, get a paper Bible that you read and does not does not uh, pop up Facebook notifications or emails or anything else. And early in the morning, uh, get your Bible out. And uh, uh, number two is turn everything off. Um, I've already talked about that, turning off smartphones and and, uh, uh, computers being in the other room. Number three is say a simple prayer of surrender. Uh, This is is something that's kind of new to me. Um, uh, not, Not so much saying the simple, not so much saying the prayer of surrender, but... But uh, John seven seventeen says, if anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching. Sometimes when we come to the Bible, we get kind of overwhelmed. Like this is, that's a thick book. <laughs> that is a thick book. There's a lot of, there's a lot of information in here. And sometimes we can get to feeling like it's kind of hard to understand. But, you know what, what's required to understand the Bible is not a PhD in theology, it's a willing heart. A willing heart. Because God is not going to show an unwilling heart what unwilling heart is unwilling to do. So, whenever you come to the Bible, come to the Bible with a simple prayer. It can be even as simple as this. Father, show me who you are 
and who I am and make me willing to change. That's simple. And then pick your Bible up and start reading. You know, I've been in the practice of saying very, very, very long prayers before <laughs> before I start my uh, study. And this is, you know, I've, I've heard a couple of uh, pastors talking about this, you know, just a simple prayer, just a simple prayer, even like this, before you start your studies, will turn out to be such a blessing. And it, I believe it will, and I believe it has already. Because, you know, when you get in a long prayer, you kind of, uh, there's been some times I've actually fallen asleep, but... Um, this is that's all that's all you really need. Ask the Lord to make you willing, and He'll help you be willing. Um, so um, let's see where we're at. We're on number four now. Number four is remember this whole book, the whole this all this thickness right here is all about Jesus. Every bit of it, the whole Bible. You know, and you can you can split up to get a, a brief overview of what the Bible is. You know, the the uh, New Testament is smaller than the uh, than the Old Testament, but this is anyway. This is the promise made, and this is the promise kept. So whenever you pray and ask the Lord for a willing heart, uh, make me willing uh, to change. When you open up your Bible, it helps to know where you're at in the Scriptures. Am I in the promise-made part or am I in the promise-kept part? And you can go even go even deeper than that. Um, you can go to, uh, uh, let's see... You can split the whole Bible up into eight parts. This is something really interesting that I, I learned from studying for this sermon. Eight parts you can you can uh, split the Bible up into the law. Now, do we all do we know what the law is? The first five books of the Bible: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. This is the law. The law. Now, and, and it's easy to say. Okay, so the whole book, the whole Bible. Is about Jesus. It's easy to say that. But to understand that, we kind of got to get a little bit deeper, right? So the law is the foundation of Christ. It is the whole foundation of Jesus. Uh, and, and, you know, you remember Moses, he, he made the statement that said that uh, there is going to come a prophet who is like me, right? Do you remember Moses saying that? So, so the law is the whole foundation for Christ, then you go through the Judges, the Kings, and Chronicles, First, uh, Second Samuel. Uh, this is preparation for Christ. It's pretty much showing us because when you read all this stuff, all these these certain books, it, it's kind of like you're you're kind of uh, nervy, like there's just all so much stuff going wrong, and that's the point of it. We got it wrong. Preparation for Christ, and then number three. It's the Psalms and the Song of Psalms. This is the aspiration of Christ. And then fourth, being that uh, the prophetic books, like the book of Daniel and Isaiah. These, this is the expectation of Christ. 
And then you get to the, the New Testament, which is the manifestation of Christ. And then Acts, this is the preaching of Christ. And then the, uh, the epistles, the letters, uh, how, about how to interpret the coming of Christ and apply the coming of Christ. And then finally, Revelation, the conclusion of the nightmare of what the world is like without Christ. So, within two minutes now, you're, you've, you, you've, you've got up and, and you've said your, your prayer of surrender and you found wherever you're at, this is going to be good to memorize. I'm going to try to memorize that. Uh, you found where you're at, what's going on in the in the part of the Bible that you're in, and you can kind of decide what what you need for that day. Um, so you're you're two minutes in already, and still have plenty of time to read. I like what First uh, Corinthians ten eleven. First um, Corinthians ten chapter ten tells the story of the Exodus. Uh, and then verse 11, it says, These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So what Paul is saying here is put yourself in the story. Whatever you're reading. If you're reading about David, if you're reading about uh, Samuel, if you're reading about Ruth, if you're reading about whoever you're reading about, put yourself there. And see what what speaks to you. What 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 do you get out of it? And it doesn't have to be anything great. It doesn't have to be anything deep and theological. It, it, it can be something easy, like you know, God came through at just the right time for them. He came through just at the right time for me, or He's going to come through just at the right time for me. Um, and then. Look, number six, look for one takeaway. When you open the Bible to study, you know you don't have to set aside, okay, this is going to be my study time. I'm going to study for one hour today, and that's, that's going to be it. Look for one takeaway. You might get it in five minutes. You might get it in 20 minutes. But I've experienced this myself, and I've heard others experience it. When they open the Bible to read, and ask God to speak to them what, what God wants them to see for that day. When they find it and they get it, they don't want to crowd it out. They just focus on that one point. They just, they just got it. And then at the end of the day, try to remember what it was that God spoke to you about that morning. I've done that, and it, and it really has been a blessing for me, and I've, I've uh, heard others do it as well. So look for one takeaway. What is, what is God speaking to you? And when you find it, don't always crowd it out. Um, number seven, ask God to make that a part of your life. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true 
and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us. This is the New Living Translation. It corrects us when we are, when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare us to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. When we are connected with God, there's nothing that we cannot deal with. I work at uh, I work at Keystone Food, well Tyson Foods now, and out of that whole whole place, there is one lady that is always happy, always ready to give me a hug, and always just a blessing to everybody around her. And if you heard her life story, you wouldn't believe it. Her husband left her after she found out that he had two children with another woman. Her son died in a farmyard accident, and she's the happiest person in that building because she has Jesus on her side. She knows Jesus. She is connected to God. It don't matter what kind of problems we have, whether it's marriage, financial stress, if we are connected to God, we can go through it He can carry us through it, and we can be joyful while we're doing it. We cannot live without a connection with Jesus. Our marriage cannot handle not having a connection with Jesus. No more than we can handle going a few hours without a drink of water. Lord, help us to to be willing. and, and make us, make us willing, Lord, to, to receive a word from you each and every morning, each and every day, and apply it to our lives, to hold on to it, and make us, make us the, the tree planted by the waters that you want each and every one of us to grow into. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.